Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and also a keynote and TEDx speaker and author of the triple award-winning book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym. That's your source of all sorts of information regarding wellness, positive psychology, my own spin on it that I call goal-achieving psychology, rejuvenating and lots of other kinds of things to help you enhance the quality of your life. It's also the place to suggest future podcast guests. Listeners to the podcast know that our goal is to always bring you high quality people who lead their own lives with enthusiasm and who have different ways of contributing to help us do so, to enhance our longevity and to be able to function as the best versions of ourselves wherever we are in the lifespan. And with that in mind, it's a particular pleasure to welcome Today's guest, Dr. Raj Anand, is a retired associate professor and emeritus educator in cardiovascular medicine at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. He's also an author and an inventor. In doing so, he has recently written a book called Healthy Diet and Mindfulness to Prevent Coronary Heart Disease. I thought it was a little strange. That seems like something when we go into mindfulness and healthy eating, thought that might be something that might be in my area. But I know that he is a real expert in it. And the book educates readers on how to make healthy choices to avoid disease. The book is really worth reading in its own right, but as a little added incentive, and you'll find out more about where to get it. All proceeds of his latest book will go directly to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in loving memory of Raj's wife. He received his fellowship training in cardiology at Peter Ben Brigham Hospital and the Massachusetts General Hospital of Harvard University. He's also written before. He's invented the thermoelectric angioplasty catheter. He served 41 years at the University of Massachusetts, not only as an educator, but also as director of the coronary care unit, the non-invasive cardiovascular laboratories, and also director of the cardiovascular research laboratory. So don't think we have to say too much about his expertise. He's got it. Now let's start learning from it. Raj, welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you here on Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Looking forward to our conversation. Thank you for inviting me. It is my pleasure and an honor to be here with you. Great. Well, let's get started because I know you've got a lot to tell us. So first of all, though, I'm old enough to remember, although I I do have to say, I got to say this to the listeners, I hope you don't mind, but this is the first time I've had a guest who is actually older than I am. Uh, So I'm really happy for the role modeling and uh, you prove my point that it's very important to keep going as long as you can and stay active and so on. 
But I do remember a time when cardiology wasn't necessarily thought of as prevention as much as treating people who had heart attacks. How did you get interested in the the preventive end of cardiology and medicine in general? You know, heart attacks or heart disease in general is the number one killer in the United States and all over the world. Uh, It kills more than 400,000 individuals in our country, United States alone. That is too much. It has to be reduced. It has to be reduced significantly. And a lot of efforts are going on in this direction. And that is what got me interested into this to uh, play my part as much as I can. So is a lot of heart disease preventable or reversible? Uh, Yes. Dr. Dean Ornish in California has demonstrated through angiograms that this disease can be reversed uh, if a person eats proper diet, exercises regularly, and uh, I am a living proof of that, to be honest with you. Uh, I have lived under a lot of stress, worked very hard, long hours, and one day I was swimming and developed little chest discomfort, a burning sensation at the back of my sternum. And next day I had a a nuclear test done and sure I had coronary disease. I immediately got angioplasty done, but still when I used to walk in real cold weather, I used to get some discomfort. I went on this diet, have tried it, and uh, I designed it actually. Uh, And uh, now I walk in winter at 37, 38 degree Fahrenheit temperature for 40 minutes. I have done that at a time and no discomfort at all. So that is pretty much a proof uh, that my disease has been reversed. And I think uh, that speaks for itself. Right. Well, that's really amazing. I think, uh, You know, just as I've mentioned to to some people that I've written about aging and I've gone through it, sometimes I get a little annoyed at people who are not there yet, who are uh, writing as experts on aging. think, you know, to have you be able to discuss heart disease, having gone through it yourself, gives you extra credibility. But you talked about a a diet that you designed. Uh, Can you... uh, uh, I'm sure it may be longer or more complicated than, than we have time for, but can you tell us the, the general outlines of what, what's a heart-healthy diet that you designed? Uh, yes. First, when I see uh, books uh, written on diet, I found out uh, that they were deficient in going through the necessary details Most of the books, practically I can say all the books, uh, write uh, about the diet in generalities, but not in specifics, so that the readers can have enough knowledge to make healthy choices for themselves as an individual, whether traveling or eating in a restaurant or shopping at the supermarket. And what I mean by that is, that if suppose you are at a supermarket and shopping, 
you are uh, looking for a bread. There are several different kinds of bread and you want the one best for you. And I have written in the book uh, how to choose the best one for you. And if suppose there are two or three that fits that category, then out of those two or three, how to choose the very best for you. Same way you are shopping for cooking oil. What oil to look for? What single oil is the one that you should use and why not the other ones? Mm -hmm. So that individual knows why I am not buying the other oils. Everybody goes to restaurant, they eat salad, but no book mentions specifically mention the server to please take out the seeds when you are serving uh, tomatoes in the salad because they are toxic to the gut and later on can lead to leaky gut, which is very painful uh, condition. It causes inflammation. If you are drinking tea, for example, no book tells you do not squeeze the bags from the tea. Just let the color come to your choice and throw the bag away. I have explained in detail why not. So these are the few examples uh, that actually uh, prompted me uh, to uh, write this book. And uh, that is what I explain. Well, that's, that's very interesting. What about kind of general things? I mean, are you, uh, I mean, we hear all kinds of things in terms of things being bad for us, uh, whether, uh, and some of them when I was growing up were, were you know, supposedly good for us, uh, you know, red meat, uh, eggs, hear about red wine being good, chocolate, but I was bad and I think now it's supposed to be good if it's dark. Are there, are there certain general principles in terms of, I'm actually going to be going to the market uh, right after we finish this podcast. Are there some things I should be avoiding, you know, just generally? Yes. Okay. I think first uh, one should know what are good carbs and what are bad carbs what are good fats and what are bad fats. Common sense tells you that when you go shopping, you choose good carbs, avoid bad carbs, choose good fats, avoid bad fats. Now that raises the question, okay, what are the good carbs? Good carbs are fruits, vegetables, beans, whole grains. What are the bad carbs? They are sugar, cornstarch, cornmeal. The people used to think that rice is bad for you, but the fact is that even though this is true, that when you eat rice alone, that's not healthy. But when you eat rice and beans together, then beans have a lot of fiber. And when you chew them together, that fiber and the rice get completely mixed. And that makes it healthy, so they are not rapidly absorbed and blood sugar doesn't go up rapidly after eating. Plus, rice uh, has two amino acids, the unit of proteins, which beans don't have, and beans have one which rice doesn't have. So when you combine them, you get all kinds of proteins that you need, which are called complete proteins. So... These are the things to take care of. And then question is, what are 
the good fats and the good fats are uh, nuts seeds fish and avocado and bad fats are uh, saturated fats trans fats oils that you should uh, stay away from so when you are making choices these are the things that you should be very careful uh, to avoid now suppose you are a non vegetarian if you are a non vegetarian you want to eat meat if you don't have coronary disease you are trying to prevent no problem have your meat but make sure you have it lean meat and eat smaller portions Make if you sense. are a vegetarian then uh, of course vegetables are all good make sure to eat all colors uh, because different colors have different antioxidants and uh, make sure if you are a vegetarian you have one multivitamin with minerals every day because vitamin b12 which is very important comes only from animal source vegetables don't provide you so that is very important if you are a vegan that's fine that is just like vegetarians except they avoid anything related to animals including milk when you buy milk buy low fat milk not whole milk and uh, if you already have coronary disease or risk factors then you better buy non fat dairy products and still you can have low fat milk now as far as probiotics are concerned which are healthy make sure to eat one cup of low fat greek plain yogurt if you don't like the taste of plain then low fat greek fruit yogurt if you have coronary disease then go to non fat greek fruit yogurt and uh, then prebiotics are necessary to eat which means sauerkraut miso onions all the vegetables they are healthy because in the gut we have good bacteria friendly bacteria and bad bacteria we want more good bacteria so they can kill the bad bacteria and these prebiotics help you there remember never buy the supplements in the pharmacy and other places because supplements are too many you really don't need it they can do more harm than good and then comes the question about dessert everybody wants little dessert of course you are entitled to first of all if you have to have the regular desserts which are saturated fats eat them rarely not as a routine if you are at a party and have only couple of spoons but for every night chocolate eat chocolate which is good for you full of antioxidants but just make sure that read the label uh, on the bar it should say uh, 75% or more cacao content never buy less than 60% if suppose 75% is less sweet for you go for 70%
and then slowly, slowly increase it to 75% cacao, even further 80 is better. I eat 88% cacao, I'm used to it, but for, and I love it, but in the beginning for some people it is bitter, so you can buy the one which is not bitter and start with 70 or 75% cacao content. Never buy white chocolate because white chocolate has no cacao in it. It has cocoa butter, which is inside the cocoa beans liquid portion. And to that, they add vanilla, they add cream, they add sugar, they add milk, they add nuts and make white chocolates. Never buy milk chocolate, even if dark milk chocolate, because the cacao content is always less than 60%. Actually, it is 35% or less. But you are looking for the benefits from chocolate, and that is the rules. If you follow, you can have dessert every day. I have half an ounce of 88% cow content chocolate every night after my dessert. Okay, that's the cocktail. And if you have risk factors like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, smoking, strong family history, lack of exercise, then those have to be corrected. So talk to your doctor how you can correct it. And lastly, there are some people who have a tendency to overeat and sometimes the wrong foods. Question was once asked, how come French people eat all the wrong foods, all the creamy foods, and yet their women live two years longer than our ladies, and their men live one year longer than us? Answer is very simple, as one American scientist, after staying there for seven years, found out, and that is they eat slowly. They spend about an hour for lunch. We have lunch on the run. So what we should do is spend as much time as possible while eating, chew food thoroughly. And after every bite, you put the spoon down, chew it. And then after you finish that bite, take one deep breath. And then after that, start the next one. So if you follow these, these will very help, be helpful, even if you have a tendency to overeat. And always do not eat if you are not hungry. And during eating, ask yourself from time to time, how do I feel? Am I now full? And if you are full, you stop there. If you are hungry again within an hour, that means you under eat. Next time you eat more. If you feel uncomfortable in the belly after eating, that means you overate and you cut down a little. So if you follow these guidelines, I see no problem here. Yeah, and I think that it really goes along with what you were saying about the way the, the French eat lunch, because I think if you're really concentrating on what you're eating, you know, which, which you're doing if you take enough time, and you're not reading the paper or watching TV or something like so that you don't know whether you're getting full or not, that can help you in really, you know, regulating your eating and can make a real difference. I know it hasn't on my part. 
But I think you've made a lot of people happy with the advice on chocolate. I think that uh, a lot of people, you know, have kind of lumped anything that's that's kind of good tasting uh, as being bad for you. And knowing about the chocolate, which, again, can't overdo, but having a little bit every day is sounds like a, like a good plan. The old grandma rule is eat everything in moderation. And that is my book says at the top in the 22nd chapter where I have summarized everything. So those who read my book later on, if they want to refresh their memory, just go to chapter 22 and it is all summarized. The top says eat everything in moderation. (laughs) Great. Well, your book title also kind of indicates that it's not all on diet, but also that there are other things that you recommend from a stress management standpoint. What are some of the other things that are important in order to, you know, manage our stress so that it helps keep our hearts healthy? I'm glad you asked that question. You know, all these deadly diseases, coronary heart disease, high blood pressure, stroke, dementia, cancer, stomach problems, diabetes, arthritis, the cause of all these is one and only one, and that is a low-grade chronic inflammation in our body in all the cells. It progresses so slow that we don't feel it, but this inflammation is the one that has to be stopped if we want to uh, stop uh, these diseases. And for that, diet alone is not enough, though this healthy diet is directed in that direction. But equally important is to reduce the effects of the stress. It should be clearly understood, stress will always be there. You can't reduce the stress, but you can manage to reduce the effects of the stress on your body and mind through relaxation. And I have mentioned the mindfulness meditation technique, which has been proven scientifically with a lot of studies at MIT that it is effective. It rewires the brain and helps you cultivate good habits. And all it needs is about 15 minutes each day. And I have described the technique. Those who say, gee, I don't have 15 minutes, I say, fine. Do you have three minutes, two minutes? Oh, yes. All right, start with two minutes. When you feel comfortable, increase to three and slowly increase it. If you don't have even that, you go to washroom several times a day to wash hands. Just put the toilet seat down, sit there, and focus on the knob of the door that you locked, and look at that, concentrate on that for one minute and then get up and go. If you go to washroom five times, do this five times, and that adds five minutes. This is cumulative. And then when you feel comfortable, then you start my technique that I mentioned, which is proven, and start with two minutes or three minutes a day. Uh, Dan Harris, who is the anchor on ABC channel in the morning, at seven o'clock in our area, he used to stammer. He said he could never be a reporter. Somebody told him, before you go for work, 
sit down at the edge of the bed for five minutes and just look at the tip of the nose and feel the air going in and out. Just concentrate on that. He did it and six months later, his stammering was gone and he does it now as often as he can think. And a big article was written about it, Time Magazine, about a year and a half ago. That, uh, I mean, mindfulness is really, you know, a really widely accepted and proven, scientifically proven program. So I'm glad that, that you're promoting it. I think the example you cited, though, is, is kind of interesting. When somebody says that they don't have 15 minutes, that in itself is kind of a a telling kind of thing. If, if essentially you can't take 15 minutes for yourself, then you're, you're really not in control. And it really is important. You know, and I agree, it's better to do two minutes or three minutes than not do it at all. But if you find that 15 minutes is an acceptable excuse, that you should really give that some thought. Let me ask a couple of questions. I know we're going to run out of time, but I do have some things that are important that that are on the tip of my tongue, one of which is the notion of, is it ever too late to implement these things? What if, you know, somebody has had heart attack or somebody is, uh, you know, already pretty obese or whatever? You know, are, are we talking about things that can help keep healthy people stay healthier or Again, is, is it ever or never too late to begin to, to implement some of the things you teach? It's never too late. And I can tell you example, again, Dean Ornish, well-known cardiologist in California. He has his own program where he has collected some patients who are elderly, has had, had heart attack. They could barely cross the road from one side to the other he put them on a very similar diet and they can now walk. They do not have those symptoms. And my diet only differs from his diet in the fact that he does not allow fish. He says completely vegetarian with which I agree. The reason is that when you go to that advanced stage that you cannot even cross the street, then you have to become strict vegetarian. But till then, you don't have to be strict vegetarian. You can have a couple of uh, times a week fish. And talking of fish, salmon is the best. And then of course, there is a Atlantic mackerel. And then there is a lake trout, there is sea bass. Never buy swordfish because that is rich in mercury. Any big fish, they eat a lot of small fish, and each small fish has mercury, so they accumulate a lot of mercury in it. So swordfish should be avoided. Good. Haddock is very good. Then there's tilapia, but tilapia is at the bottom of the list. Most people buy it because it is cheap, but nutritional value is very low. I see people order tuna a lot, if you ever eat tuna, then always eat only canned light tuna. Other tunas are all rich in mercury as well. So that's canned light tuna. Exactly. Okay. What about, this is kind of a 
an important thing to me in having children who have young children, my grandchildren, and I, you know, no other young families. And more so than, even though there's kind of an epidemic uh, of obesity in the country, there also are a lot of young families that I know who are really concerned about doing the right thing and raising healthy kids. Is, is there any guidance you can particularly give to them as to how you encourage? I mean, you know, the, people see, watch TV, they know about all the advertisements for all the sweet stuff and so on. You mentioned sugar as not being uh, something you really want to promote. Uh, are, are there things that, that young families can do to, you know, really raise healthy families and, you know, start preventing heart disease from a very early age? Yes, actually, it's very important. Earlier you uh, attempt to stop it, better it is. And childhood is a good uh, age to start, cultivate their habit right from the beginning in the right direction. So encourage them not to eat sugar and desserts. These two things uh, try to avoid. Anything which has a lot of sugar in it, uh, try to avoid it, which is dessert, which means fats, try to avoid it, encourage them to eat more fruits. If they are hungry, they want something to eat, give them banana, uh, give them apple, encourage them to eat berries, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries. One thing I'll caution for even adults also, blackberries be careful of, they produce a lot of gas, so whenever you eat blackberries, don't eat more than 10 and never more than twice a day. <laughs> Otherwise, citrus fruits must be encouraged, like oranges, for example. Uh, at breakfast, give them grapefruit. So the fruits which are very, very rich in sugar, avoid them. And they are the dried fruits like dates, raisins, uh, dried apricots. If you are having watermelon, watermelon is quite sweet. So best time to have watermelon and cantaloupes is first thing in the morning when you have, uh, because at that time, your blood sugar is low. And if your blood sugar goes up fast because of that, it will never cross the limit, uh, which should not cross. And it is mostly water. And it as fast as it goes up, that fast it comes down too. So within a few minutes, everything is settled. So make sure that cantaloupe, honeydew, and watermelon, if you eat, eat them first thing in the morning. And never eat fruits right after the meal. Best time is wait for about an hour, and preferably in between the meals, say between lunch and dinner, you can have that. Uh, and that, I think, should be encouraged amongst children also, rather than giving them candy every time. Okay. You, I, I thought I was drawn to a close, but you keep <laughs> reminding me of other questions to ask. Uh, so I've got two more that I'm going to want to get to how people can, can get in touch with you. The first thing is, recently, uh, when I say recently, it's been been a few years, 
that I've started seeing people promoting the idea of five or six small meals rather than three meals a day. Do you have any particular opinion on that? Yes, it is written in my book as a matter of fact, and that is eat frequent small meals rather than say two or even three big meals. Ideally, you should have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and in between two snacks. So that makes it five. But when you eat, make sure you are hungry and eat slowly and put down the spoon every now and then while you are eating. Good. Okay. And I always ask somebody a really dumb question, but no I, question I don't know the, the answer, but you know, we, we've mentioned it and I, and I've mentioned it, uh, you know, even without knowledge of it. But why is sugar so bad for you? What's what's so bad about something that tastes so good? Okay. What happens is that sugar is absorbed very fast from the gut and blood sugar levels rise fast. And when blood sugar rise fast, then there is a limit. If it crosses that limit, then you develop what is called as insulin resistance. The normal function of insulin is that as blood sugar rises, it keeps sending it to the body cells to get metabolized and create energy. But if it rises too fast, then insulin reverses its role and its role instead of sending into the body cells to be metabolized, it sends it back to uh, the liver and to the adipose tissue, which is fat in the body, to convert it into fat. And that fat gets stored in the body, especially at the wrong places, uh, like uh, around the hips and the waist and the belly from where it is very hard to get out. So that insulin resistance it creates a very uh, complicated circle. It stimulates the inflammation in the body. It makes you obese. Then obesity leads to more fat formation. And that fat which is formed is called VLDL, which is sticky. And when it is absorbed into the blood, it goes and sticks into the arteries, their walls, and causes coronary disease and stroke and all those problems. And therefore, sugar, cornstarch, and cornmeal, uh, these are not the good choices. And I might as, uh, as well add that when people are talk of corn, the only whole grain corn which is absorbed slowly and is beneficial is the popcorn. And the sweet corn on the cob is fine for you. It is classified as vegetable. But all other corn, you should try to avoid because it is rich in omega-6 fatty acids, which promote inflammation in the body. Well, Raj, this has been absolutely fascinating. I know I've got to get you back at some point, but I imagine that there are lots of people who want to know how to get in touch with you, what else you have out there and certainly where can they get the book and uh, let you mention the title, where they can get it. And if uh, 
here online or other places where people can learn more from you. So, uh, and we will have this in the show notes, by the way, too. But so for people who are driving and can't mark it down, but uh, can you uh, let us know where where we can learn more about you and your book? Sure. Uh, if you uh, go to Amazon.com and just write Raj K. Anand, K is my middle initial, you will get this book or you uh, type healthy diet and mindfulness to prevent coronary heart disease. The other way is I have my own now website. Just go to the URL, the address line uh, and type Raj K. Anand, one word, dot com, R-A-J-K-A-N-A-N-D dot com. And it will open up my site where there is homepage, tells you about me. There is uh, my picture, then my wife's name and something about her with her picture because all the monies are going directly from Amazon to Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in our memory not only to research for cancer, but also to help cancer patients during the transport and help them pay for living while they are there and getting the treatment. And that is what the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute manages. And then there is podcast where you can hear my podcast. Uh, it will be available for the first time because I recently started it in the second week of December. And then next to that, it says shop. If you click on shop, it will take you to Amazon directly. And over there, it will show you my book, its price, which is only $13.99. And uh, you can order over there and they will send it to you. Great, great. Uh, you know, I'm... And also, forgive me for interruption, Sure. There's a, a button for contact. If you cl uh, uh, clip on that, then uh, it brings you uh, uh, my contact, which is my email address. It is rajkanand at icloud.com. They can contact me through that. And I always answer the emails. So please feel free. Anything I can uh, help with to increase your knowledge in this field. And thank you very much. Well, Raj, you're, you know, you're such a wonderful role model. You're such a helpful person. It's a real honor for me to bring you to, to my audience. And, you know, I really am looking forward to continued working with you. I got to ask you something, and you don't have to answer, but, uh, do you mind telling us how old you are? Uh, I am 86 years young. And I say young because I still exercise and vigorously for more than an hour, six days a week. That includes uh, stretching, strengthening, balancing, uh, and then putting muscles to work, bicycle, walking, tai chi, and yoga. And uh, this I do uh, six days a week. I divide them in such a way that uh, some on Monday, some on Tuesday, some on Thursday, so right up to Saturday. And that keeps me young 
and plus good wishes from my friends and everyone. Oh, that's wonderful. It does make me feel a little guilty, though. I'm a couple of years younger than you, and I I thought I was doing well doing this four days a week. And uh, geez, not, now I guess I have no excuses. As I said, you're a great role model. So once again, thanks so very much for, for being with us, sharing your wisdom and helping people. And, you know, again, given uh, everything that you're doing, uh, I trust that people will want to reach out by the book, which obviously is not designed to make you rich, but to help more people as they deal with health-related issues. And let's hope that the word gets out there so that we can have more and more healthy people interfere with, and we can interfere with the obesity epidemic and learn how to manage stress a little better. So thanks again very much, Raj. Thank you very much for inviting me, and I consider it an honor to be here with you. Thank you so much, and to your listeners. Thank you. And so there you have another and really terrific episode of Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. With our special guest today was Dr. Raj Anand and so much information. I'm going to have to re-listen to this, you know, many times as well as what the information I can get from his book. Uh, Again, I can guarantee you that Raj is a genuinely good guy. And if you reach out to him, he will respond. And uh, I hope you'll all be back next week. I would normally say when we're that we're going to have another really terrific guest, but I think uh, next week is going to be one of my solo episodes. So uh, to kind of bring us toward the end of the year and the holidays and stuff like that. So won't be a, a really special guest, uh, but maybe you'll tolerate it, another episode with me on there. Uh, and I can guarantee you then that means there'll be several more before you hear from me again, at least as anything other than an interviewer. So again, keep in mind, uh, the holidays are approaching. Utilize good common sense as well as what you learned from Dr. Anand in terms of how you manage your diet, how you manage stress. Look forward to making 2022 a year in which you take greater charge over your life and your health. And before closing out, unfortunately, as I have been saying for quite a while, we're still in the pandemic. So stay safe out there and looking forward to talking with you next time.